care about the environment and social justice? Stay tuned as Green Divas and Green Dudes from Greenpeace, you know, those folks on the front lines of environmental activism, report on the hottest eco-issues and ways you can take action. All right, another episode of Greenpeace, Green Dudes, and Green Divas, Green Divas and Green Dudes, everybody. Hello. Um, today we're going to talk with Hannah Mitchell, who is field organizer of Greenpeace USA in Charlotte, North Carolina. And there are some really wonderful things going on there in terms of renewable energy, specifically solar energy, in a couple of school districts, which... I think we all can learn from. Hi, Hannah. Hello. Thank you for having me here. Yeah. So you've been very busy, and I'm not even sure exactly what your role is in this. So why don't you tell me a little bit about what we're going to talk about? Absolutely. Um, So as a food organizer for Greenpeace in uh, Charlotte, North Carolina, One of my main projects is working on a coalition effort to transition uh, to public school systems to meet their electricity needs with 100% renewable energy. Um, Wow. Wait, wait. Just let's just stop there. 100% renewable energy for a school district. That's kind of amazing. Yeah, it's really, really exciting. Um, you know, nationally, we are on the cusp of the renewable energy revolution. We've seen prices of solar just plummet in recent years and have had many um, cities across the country commit to 100% renewable energy, including the state of Hawaii and yeah. Burlington, Vermont. Yeah. Yeah. And... Um, we've also seen many schools go solar, and so um, this project is really building off of this uh, boom in solar to get cleaner and, and cheaper electricity for schools. Now, I know one of the things that helped, you know, from, from reading your post and, and the press release about this, there was a couple of things that – factors that were important and that had to do with the state – providing support, allowing, you know, changing um, legislation or regulations so that you can have third-party energy providers and net metering. Do you want to talk about what those things are and why each state needs those things? Absolutely. So um, third-party energy sales and net metering are two not very sexy solar (laughs) terms um, that are really important for uh, distributed renewable energy generation. Um, And there are um, about 25 states in the country that have very specific uh, explicit rules around um, third-party energy sales. Third-party energy sales is a way to get solar without the upfront cost of purchasing the panels yourself. Okay, good. Um, so it's a way to get buy electricity directly from um, a third-party provider. So not yourself or the utility, um, but buying solar directly from um, a third-party provider. And it's the primary way that many nonprofits across the country 
um, go go solar. Right, because it's not always appropriate or even possible to put solar panels on a building that exists or whatever. Yeah, and um, and it's that way you don't have to um, front the upfront capital of purchasing the panels and deal with the maintenance of the system. So well, with the- a third-party arrangement, you just... Um, you buy by directly by the energy. Okay, I like it. I like it. And then talk about net metering and what that means. Sure. So, net metering, I like to think of as um, rollover, <laughs> rollover solar. All right. So, uh, for a for a system that is tied to the grid. Um, when the solar system is producing more electricity than your um, your building is consuming, you can get a credit on your bill that is carried over from month to month. So if you're say it say you have solar on your house and you're not home and your system is producing a lot of uh, extra energy, you can sell that to the grid. And then um, when your house is demanding more energy than your system is producing, um, you, you get that back from the grid. So it's a credit. Net metering is a credit on your bill. Um, how much you are paid for your electricity and um, other specifics like that are what sort of determines how good a net metering right. policy is. Right. And not all states have that, as I understand, right? Correct. Yeah. Oh, boy. But apparently these two things have, you know, are in place in North Carolina, which are helping, you know, uh, the 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 environment to be able to do these 100 percent renewable energy school districts. So we North Carolina is a state that has a net metering um, policy. It could be improved. We however, there is a, a legal gray area that effectively prevents third-party energy sales. Hmm. Um, So Hmm. there are a couple of ways to sort of, um, yeah, there's definitely room for improvement in our statewide policies, but there's also a way for schools to go solar now and save money in the process. They could save even more money if there were better policies in the state, but it's completely possible for schools uh, to go solar today. Well, and and the school districts in North Carolina that are in question, uh, there's some staggering numbers that they can save over um, 25 years, but 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 the but the savings start to appear almost immediately and enable the school systems to start investing in teachers and in facilities and students and curriculum and all kinds of cool stuff. Yeah, you got it. So um, utilities are actually the second largest expense for schools after personnel costs. Wow. And if you think about it, that is one of the only areas where you can spend less money and contribute to a better learning environment. Mm-hmm. Um, so by spending less money on utilities, schools can uh, reinvest in the classroom. And by going solar... Um, Charlotte Mecklenburg schools could uh, save the equivalent amount of money over 25 years of about a thousand starting teacher salaries, which is huge. Yeah. Um, And uh, that also looks like 
about 105,000 tablets or 701,000 textbooks. So we're talking wow. um, we're talking things can, that can be reinvested into the classroom and and um, add to the learning environment. And that's based on the current legislative and regulatory environment. If that improved, if for some reason everybody went, wait a minute, we can do better in terms of allowing, you know, better net metering or third-party uh, sales, and that improves, that, that that number will just get better, right? Absolutely, yeah. So um, schools can see about 14 times more savings with uh, increased, uh, sorry, with, with uh, better solar energy policy in North Carolina. Wow. So the savings only the savings only increase with better policies, but it is in the meantime it's possible to do it today. So I know you're focused on North Carolina, but are you aware of how much of this is going on in other states and other counties and other school districts? Yeah, so I, I am very much focused on North Carolina. I do know that the San Diego Unified School District has made a commitment to go um, 100% renewable. Wow. Um, and there are examples of schools, individual schools across the country with uh, solar installations. Um, so I am aware of an increasing trend yeah, yeah. in solar for schools, yeah. uh, which is really it's really promising to to see this happening and to think that you know the leaders of tomorrow will be going to school in places that are um using really clean and and cutting edge technologies it's very exciting i know a couple of the schools in my district here where i live the county i live in in new jersey do have um extensive solar installations and uh, i don't know if they're 100 percent or and a goal to get 100%, but I, I think they are. And one of the things that was mentioned, I think one of the teachers or uh, there was a quote in something I read uh, relating to this about the teachers being able to actually teach kids about, you know, use the solar panels, use these installation as teaching tools in science classes and stuff. It's great curriculum, right? Yeah. So the, um, you know, schools are having an increasing uh, demand to teach science, technology, engineering, and math courses because those are very much um, jobs that are in demand. And the more that students can have a hands-on experience, not just, you know, not just hearing about what energy is, but actually being able to monitor how much electricity their panels are producing or um, see solar in action, you get that that real um, hands-on experience in in the STEM fields. Yeah, there's just no reason not to be doing this, people. So I encourage people to learn a little bit more about what's going on in their school districts and, and, and what they can do to help facilitate more of this because more is better. Great, great work, Hannah. And I know that we're going to have a post by you on thegreendivas.com. So thank you for your time today and for your work to get this stuff going. Thanks so much for having me. If anyone is interested in learning more about Repower Our Schools, yes. you can go to repowerourschools.com. Um, you can access a report there as well as um, lots of other resources on what Repower has been up to in North Carolina. 
and um, really encourage you to, to check that out. Thank you. I'm, gl- I'm glad you've mentioned that. I did mean to meant to bring that up because that's important. People can learn from that. All right. Thanks so much, Hannah. Thank you. Have a good day. To get active and connect with other Green Divas and Green Dudes, visit greenpeace.org slash USA. And of course, check out thegreendivas.com for more ways to live a deeper shade of green. Green.